Welcome to the Lady Preacher Podcast, a podcast for the progressive Christian, where we talk about an all-loving God, an embodied Christ, and an ever-moving spirit. Dive right in as we wrestle with what it means to live out our faith in the world. Hello, my friends. I am so glad you're here today. We are continuing with our theme of gardening that we started last week and also continuing in the Gospel of Matthew. So today you're hearing from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 through 30 and 36 through 43. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like someone who planted good seed in his field. While people were sleeping, an enemy came and planted seeds among the wheat and went away. When the stalks sprouted and bore grain, then the weeds also appeared. The servants of the landowner came and said to him, Master, didn't you plant good seed in your field? Then how is it that it has weeds? An enemy has done this, he answered. The servants said to him, Do you want us to go and gather them? But the landowner said, no, because if you gather the weeds, you'll pull up the wheat along with them. Let both grow side by side until the harvest. And at harvest time, I'll say to the harvesters, first gather the weeds and tie them together in bundles to be burned, but bring the wheat into my barn. Jesus left the crowds and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. Jesus replied, The one who plants the good seed is the human one, the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seeds are the followers of the kingdom. But the weeds are the followers of the evil one. The enemy who planted them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the present age, and the harvesters are the angels. Just as people gather weeds and burn them in the fire, so it will be at the end of the present age. The Son of Man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that cause people to fall away in sin. He will throw them into a burning furnace. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. Those who have ears should hear. And here ends our reading. Please pray with me. Gracious and holy God, Be present with us today and always. Be there and give grace and courage to those who are listening. Fill us with your comfort and wrap us in your strength. Guide us, O God, and help us to hear these words, these words that Jesus spoke thousands of years ago and breathe new life into them for us today. Help us to hear what you are saying to us. Open our hearts, open our minds, and fill our well. In your gracious and holy name, we pray. Amen. As much as I would love this parable to be about the fact that we don't need to go out and pull weeds from our yard, I'm not quite sure that's what it's about. You know, as a kid, my parents used weeding as a punishment, and I really wish I could have taken this scripture passage to them and said, look, even Jesus says you don't pull up the weeds. But I don't think that's what it's quite about. That's a little too literal of a translation there. 
But this is really a story, a parable, helping us understand what our role is here on earth, helping us to have faith and be patient and to remind us that God created us to be good. We as humans really like dichotomies. It's helpful for us to split things into two to make sense of them, right? We like to discern, okay, this is good and this is bad. And we put them in categories. We know this is right and that is wrong. This is delicious. That is disgusting. We do this even in the church, right? We say this is sinful and that is not. For a long time, they determined the mind is good. The body is not. Faith is good. Science is not. You are to be not of the world and not of the world. But unfortunately, when we get into these categories of us versus them, right? It becomes us versus them. This, not that. And it's not a Venn diagram, my friends, when we do this. It is two columns. But that's not how the world should really work, at least not in God's eyes, right? Because when you have these two columns, it leads to a lot of finger pointing, a lot of judgment. It leads to saying, I am right and you are wrong. This isn't to say that rules aren't good. Jesus came and was clear that he was there not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. He saw that people were trying to say, okay, I have to follow these 10 commandments and I'm good. And he's saying, no, 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 you have to fulfill the spirit of the law, follow the spirit of the law, not just the letter of the law. He's helping us understand that it's not always this or that. And he also said, do not judge so that you won't be judged. Because Jesus knew that when we decide that we get to be the judge, when we decide that we get to be the ultimate authority on good and evil, what happens? What happens when humans decide it is their job to be the judge and to go and weed out the bad? To say, oh, this is a weed and then pluck it out. When we decide that we get to determine who is bad and what is bad and that we should pluck it out in order to purify the field, what happens? Efforts of purification happen. Things like the Spanish Inquisition, the Crusades, the Holocaust, white nationalism, Jim Crow and lynching, colonialism, witch hunts and trials, all of these things are because people decided they get to claim this is bad and this is not, and we're gonna just weed out the bad. That is what happens when we decide it is up to us. We do far more harm than good. And Jesus knew this. Jesus knew this, that when we decide that we get to be the ultimate judge, we do far more harm than good. We become like the servants in this parable, trying to weed out the bad. And that's why the farmer tells them that if you do this, if you try to go out and pull the weeds amongst the wheat, there will be nothing left. There will be nothing left you'll do far more harm than good. And so let's dig into this parable a little bit. In this parable, a farmer plants a big field of wheat. Huge field of wheat. And then in the middle of the night, an enemy comes and plants the weeds. And the farmhands go to the sower, the farmer, and they say, Master, there's a bunch of weeds. Didn't you plant good seed? And he says, yes, there was an enemy. And they say, okay, so we're going to go out and we're going to pull up all those weeds. And the farmer says, no, because if you do this, then you're going to pull up all the good stuff too. And there'll be nothing left. So let them both grow. Let them both grow until harvest. And then they will be separated out. It's important to understand in this parable, 
what Jesus is referring to when he talks about weeds. Because the weed in this story, the Greek word for it is darnel, which is a type of noxious weed that closely resembles wheat and is really plentiful in the Holy Land. And so the people hearing this story, hearing Jesus tell this parable would know and understand that the wheat and the weed that is growing in this field, it is impossible to decipher between the two. It is impossible to figure out which one is wheat and which one is weed, at least until harvest, because as they grow, eventually when they mature and the ears appear, those of the real wheat will be heavy and will droop, whereas the ears of Darnell or the weed will stand up straight. And so only once they're ready for harvest will you be able to tell. And so at these very beginning stages, while it's growing, you cannot tell the difference between the wheat and the weed. It's impossible to decipher between the two. And so the farmer in this parable knows that the farmhands would not be able to tell the difference between the wheat and the weed and thus told them to be patient, to let both grow. We also have to understand the context of this particular parable and where it falls in the grander scheme of the Gospel of Matthew. Because in the midst of Jesus telling this parable, you may have noticed at the beginning when I read it that we were reading verses 24 through 30 and then 36 through 43. So what happens in those six verses in between 30 through 36? Jesus tells two other parables. He tells the parable of saying the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And then he tells the kingdom of God is like a woman making bread from yeast. And so this parable bookends these two. And it's about what the kingdom of God is like. And so Jesus is saying, the kingdom of God is like this field, this field with both wheat and weeds. That's what the kingdom of God is like. And in many ways, it's answering that age old question of why is there good and bad? Because we have always asked this question as humans, why does God allow there to be both good and bad? Why does evil persist in this world? If we have a good, good God, why do bad things happen? And Jesus is explaining that in the kingdom of God, there is both wheat and weed, that as long as we are here on earth, there will be good things and there will be bad things. And he's saying the bad things are not from God. The bad things are not from God. God is not the one who planted those seeds. And in this parable, Jesus is saying it is impossible for the farmhands, or AKA us, to decipher between the wheat and the weed. And so we are to wait until harvest for God to take care of it. And that, my friends, is the good news. The good news is Jesus is freeing us from the responsibility to be the ultimate judge of good and evil. We do not have to do that portion of God's work. We do not have to have that burden on us of trying to decipher between the wheat and the weed, trying to go around and pulling up all of those weeds, because let's be honest, who really likes weeding? Jesus is telling us that it is not our job to do that. Because if you do, you'll end up pulling up all the wheat as well. The parable says we do not have the ability to decipher between the two. We do not have the ability to decipher between what is a wheat and what is weed. Because my friend, we cannot know our neighbor's heart the way God does. We cannot even know our heart 
the way that God does. We are not called to judge our neighbor, but to love our neighbor. And so this parable isn't to say that we aren't called to do work on behalf of God. We are just called not to try and go out and do the weeding for God. Jesus is very clear that we are called to love God and love our neighbor in both word and deed. It is still our job to tend the soil and care for the plants of the field. The owner of the land, the farmer, doesn't tell the farmhands that they are out of a job. They still have work to do. They are still to care for the farm and for the land and to help that harvest grow. He's just clarifying what their job is and what their job is not. We still have work to do here on earth. We still have work to do. It's just not our job to go out and pull up the weeds. It is not our job to try to determine between what is a wheat and what is weed. Because we cannot judge that. Putting this into human terms, we cannot judge who is truly good and who is truly bad. We cannot determine what is within a person's heart, what their redeemability is. Only God can know that. And so Jesus is telling us that we cannot be judge, jury, and executioner. We cannot. Because when we try to do that, we do far more harm than good. Jesus is always reminding us, do not judge so that you will not be judged. This is from Matthew chapter 7. Do not be so quick to point out the speck in your neighbor's eye while you have a log in your own. Be patient and have faith. Your job is to love your neighbor as yourself and to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And isn't that good news? Isn't that good news that that is our job? We do not have to carry that burden of judgment. I want to be clear, though. This does not mean we are not called to hold people accountable. We can still hold our world and those within it accountable. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus says, If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. This, my friends, is conflict resolution. This is how we deal with conflict. You go and talk to the person. I can't tell you how many times I have seen people, and I've participated in this myself, where we go and we talk about people rather than to them. And so Jesus is telling us here that part of our responsibility in this kingdom is to deal directly with people, to go and talk to them, to try to solve it one-on-one. And then if that doesn't work, then we go and we get more people and we still deal with it directly. This is how we handle conflict. And so we can still hold people accountable. One of my favorite phrases that I learned in seminary was all people are welcome, but not all behaviors are welcome. And so if someone is acting in a way that is not okay, it is okay to call them on it, to say that is harmful. What you just said is not okay. Let's learn a new way to be together because that's what creates community. What creates community is when we're willing to go and talk to people, when we're willing to do better and learn 
this passage also doesn't mean that we aren't called to do weeding within our own hearts, to do some gardening and pruning within ourselves, to pay attention to what is giving us life and what is not, to pay attention to what is bearing fruit in our own lives and what is not. We can still do some pruning within our own hearts and lives. And same with our communities. When we see systems that are not bearing good fruit, it is important to do some pruning. To talk about what is bearing good fruit and what is not. And to do the work of making the harvest more and more bountiful. This passage also doesn't mean we cannot set boundaries. If you are being harmed by another person, Jesus would be the first to tell you to seek safety and set boundaries. We cannot pluck their stock. We cannot pluck that weed, but we can say, I am not able to grow and flourish next to you and then remove ourselves and seek safety so that we can grow and flourish. We can do that. And that is absolutely okay. Jesus did a really beautiful job of setting boundaries. Remember when he goes into the temple and says, this is a house of prayer and you have turned it into a den of thieves and he flips tables. Jesus is setting a boundary. This is God's house and we are not going to turn this into a marketplace. Jesus set a boundary. He said, if we want the kingdom of God to flourish in this place, here are the things we need to do and not do. If we want to let the kingdom of God grow and flourish, we must act in ways that allow for that. We must stop the things that are not bearing good fruit and build up the things that are to do that work of the farmhand. And so this parable, this is a place of both and instead of either or. We can both hold ourselves and others accountable for acting in harmful ways and not be the ultimate judge of whether someone else is a weed or wheat. And the same is true for ourselves. It is not up to us to determine whether you are weed or wheat. Because honestly, we are probably all a little bit of both. There are some days when the weeds within me are growing and flourishing. And there are other days when the wheat is. What we focus on and spend time on is what will grow and flourish. So if I am focusing on and paying attention to and letting the weeds within me grow, that's what will start to choke the good news. Last week, I preached on the parable about the different kinds of soil. And there was one of those kinds of soil that was the good seed, the good news falling amongst the thorns. And those thorns are the greed and the desire for wealth and the desire for more. And this notion of scarcity that grows up and chokes the good news of God's kingdom. And so instead, we are supposed to focus on and work on the good soil, the things that will bear good fruit. And so What if we focused more on those things, on the kingdom, on that message, that part of what Jesus is preaching and teaching? The work we are called to do is to be more like who God created us to be. To be good as God created us to be. To build up and focus on the wheat that grows within us. Jesus knew that we are human and we are imperfect. 
the very people that Jesus entrusted his kingdom and his church and his ministry to, he knew that they wouldn't get it right. He knew that Peter would deny him three times. He knew Judas would betray him. And yet he still said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then he died on the cross for them. Jesus wouldn't have died on the cross if he didn't believe in their possibility. If he didn't believe that the kingdom of God was possible. Martin Luther, the father of Protestant Christianity, said, we are all simultaneously sinner and saint. And a saint is just a sinner who has been forgiven by God's grace. A saint is just a sinner who has been forgiven by God's grace. My friend, we all have wheat and weed within us. But that's why we have grace. We are forgiven. We are forgiven. God does not expect you to be perfect. Let me say that again. God does not expect you to be perfect. God expects you to be human. And God forgives you and loves you. Nothing you could say or do could separate you from God's grace. The most challenging part of this parable is at the end, those last few verses, when the parable talks about the end times and Jesus explaining this. When the time of harvest comes, when bad and good, the weeds and the wheat will be separated out and the weeds will be burnt. But the Gospel of Matthew is the only time in scripture when fire is thought of as a form of punishment. In all the rest of scripture, especially in the Old Testament, fire is understood to have a cleansing power. It is referred to in terms of a process of refinement. And so perhaps on that day of judgment, it is the sinful part of us that is burned away in that fire. And what remains is the part of us that is faithful. Just like gold is put into the fire to be purified and refined. On those last days, it is the sinful part of us that gets burned away. And all that is left is the saint within. When we go to God, when we go to glory, that is who God will receive. All the good within us. Because my friend, we have all done harm in the world. We have all hurt people. We have all done wrong. That's part of why it's our tradition in Christianity to confess and repent. Because when you do wrong, that doesn't make you a weed. It makes you human. You are not going to be thrown into the fiery pits of hell on judgment day. You will be refined and then you will be received in God's grace and God's glory. Because God gives us every last opportunity for redemption every day of our life, even until after the days we have left this earth. Jesus gives us every opportunity for redemption because he loves us. In a book I read in preparation for this, a character said, Jesus said the weeds would grow with the wheat until the judgment. By our fruits, we will be known, not by what name we have called ourselves. I have come to believe that there is more grace in becoming wheat than there is in pulling weeds. I want to say that last part again. 
I have come to believe that there is more grace in becoming wheat than there is in pulling weeds. Jesus said, I did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Jesus believes in you. Jesus would not have died on that cross if he didn't believe that you are good, that our world is good. What is going to save this world is not condemning it, but by believing in its goodness. By believing that we can do better and we can be better. Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world because he knew He knew that the way we save the world is not by pulling weeds, but by becoming wheat. Amen. My friend, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so grateful for you. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. The Lady Preacher podcast is part of a nonprofit called Dancing Pastor Ministries. And you can find us online at dancingpastor.org or join the community by finding us on Facebook at Dancing Pastor Ministries. If you would like to be a part of supporting this podcast, there are many ways you can do that without giving monetarily. You can share our posts on social media, send an episode to a friend, or just leave a review. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so at dancingpastor.org slash give. My friend, you are a gift. Thank you for being here and God bless.